You're tuning into the Active Mom Podcast with physical therapist, Dr. Carrie Pagliano, a real mom's guide to all things postpartum return to workouts after baby. If you're a postpartum mom, coach, trainer, or physical therapist looking for answers on how to get back to running, CrossFit, yoga, Pilates, HIIT, you name it without the fear of pelvic floor issues or doing something wrong, this is the podcast for you. Let's start the show. All right. So I admit today's podcast guest, I was drawn to her because she has the coolest last name ever. And then I needed to know more. So we have on our podcast today, we have Megan James, who is a PhD student, and she is studying postpartum return to run. And um, again, like beyond having an awesome last name, the fact that you're diving into this research, I bow down to you. So welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Megan James. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for having me on. No, it's nice to come and talk about what I'm doing, really. Um, yeah, so I'm a, Card- um, a PhD student at Cardiff Met Uni in Wales. Um, and yeah, just going into my kind of second year of my PhD now. So we've kind of started getting a, a few things up and running, but it's still kind of early stages at the moment. Awesome. So let's let's dive right in. Like as a PhD student, like what made you decide to look into this? Because it's not the sexiest. It's not the most <laughs> popular thing. Like what made you decide to look at postpartum women and running? Yeah, um, it was. Yeah. Like, as you say, I think. If, you, if I'd have gone back a few years ago, I don't think I'd ever thought I'd have ended up doing this kind of area of study because it's not the kind of thing you think that you're going to do when you're like starting your undergrad or just it doesn't appear as something that's really obvious that you should get into. Um, so I did my undergrad degree at Swansea University in sport and exercise science. Mm. Um, and when I did that, kind of got more interested into the injury side of things rather than um kind of sporting performance because I know when you're when you kind of start doing your undergrad in sports science everyone's thinking oh I want to go and work at the elite rugby football whatever teams um which you know I thought maybe beforehand I thought maybe I would but um yeah I kind of got more interested into the injury side of things um did a dissertation looking at kind of uh asymmetries between limbs in field hockey and doing my dissertation I really enjoyed the research aspect so I thought okay I'm gonna go on and do a master's um did a master's in sports science at Cardiff Met um kind of got interested in uh running and running injuries um so my current supervisor Dr Izzy Moore um yes. met my master's um and she's obviously like you know super big name in running and running injuries and I got interested in that uh, working with her um and my kind of dissertation for my master's uh focused on running it got a little bit um kind of interrupted by covid um yes. so we, we did have to change the focus a little bit and things like that but um kind of running injuries and then started focusing on the pelvis in that uh, particular dissertation project um and then kind of because everything was interrupted with covid um there were certain studies going on that you maybe wouldn't have necessarily normally done so um izzy got involved with a kind of survey study um that we've now released papers from um looking at kind of postpartum return to running and experiences of postpartum women returning to running so she said to me oh do you want to jump onto this you know come help out with this while you're doing your masters and I thought yeah like it sounds something different that I haven't uh done before it's like a different kind of analysis it's a different population it's still running but it's kind of a different population then yeah um 
and I got involved with that and it just like it you know like really enjoyed it obviously spoke to some friends and family who were experiencing the same things that I was researching you know if they just had kids um and yeah like I just kind of started getting quite interested in it and then spoke to Izzy after we kind of finished the kind of analysis for those and and she's like yeah so do you fancy maybe carrying on and let's let's look at kind of applying for some grants for a PhD so I thought yeah yeah it sounds great and to be honest like since then it's been like working in that field the um the kind of people you speak to either if it's engagement on social media like where they see your research um kind of you know when we're looking for volunteers or um even through like survey responses the reaction you get from people who are just so glad that you're doing research yes. into that area um it just feels quite fulfilling um so it's definitely kind of it's been nice to be involved in an area where you're thinking oh i'm actually having potentially if i do a good job a nice impact on these people's lives potentially um so yeah it's just kind of grown from there just applying what i know in sports science kind of traditional um disciplines and concepts in that under-researched population so yeah yeah that's fantastic i mean like clinically that's kind of what we've had to do too and i much like you i went into um caught into this field not having any kids and and you know thinking oh well you know it's an area where i can make change and then for me it just was a game changer when i had my own kids being a runner myself and I think you just appreciate it in an entirely different way. And again, there's so little, it's been great the last couple of years. So you're right on the, on yeah. the way up here. It's, <laughs> it's such a fun time to also see some of these elite moms turning out some serious, serious results. Um, and I think that's just spotlighting it more. But for, for me, again, like there just was so long that we didn't have research. So now that I think with social media and everything, it's so much easier to be. And I think I just DM'd you. I was like, hey, you want to like, you don't know me, but I, I like, I want to elevate as much as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because for for somebody to have the background that you have in sports, um, that's where it's going to come from. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think when you just come from pelvic and you don't understand, you know, running or injury or those sorts of things, it, it's a very different kind of question you get kind of stuck in the the pelvis so to speak so for me yeah. I, I love the fact you're like I'm coming at it from here <laughs> I love yeah. that yeah no I also feel like as you say the kind like with just DMing me and stuff the community like either yes. via social media or whatever is very together on this kind of topic like anyone yeah. you speak to about it like researchers or practitioners or just actual volunteers and participants and people in that population are just really like keen to chat to you and see what you're doing and they're just yeah (laughs) yeah they're just glad that you're doing something so um yeah it's really nice area to be involved we're we're nice people yeah (laughs) we're nice it's great all right so pulling from one of um the studies i think uh this one we're talking about you know all the possibilities that could impact moms when getting back to babies i had to laugh because for me, like, again, having done this for 20 some odd years, my kids are now nine and 11. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm, yep, yep, absolutely. hundred percent. Like fear, age, did you run during pregnancy, weekly running volume, number of kids that you have kind of unpack high, high level sort of what you found in some of these, these studies that you've done the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so the first study we did, um, we kind of looked at all of these factors, um, 
kind of and looked at like in terms of what kind of odds they gave in whether you'd return to running whether you'd return to like the same level as running as before because that's equally as important for some people it's like okay well I've returned to running but I haven't returned to what I want to return to so uh, we thought it was important to look at that as well and we found that kind of running during pregnancy um, was like the height gave the highest odds of you then returning uh, to running afterwards which is quite interesting because obviously we found that a lot of people stop before or because of like this kind of stigma around oh I should just stop you know as soon right. as I know I'm pregnant um, and then following that was having a high weekly running volume and I guess that's to do with kind of people who are like ultra keen um, then think I really want to get back to it I suppose if you didn't run as much beforehand it's not as, as big a part of your life so maybe right. then that doesn't you know I don't know but it could be that yeah um and then the third the next one down was kind of a lower fear of movement so we found this in our paper um and it's it's been mentioned a little bit in other uh kind of literature that it's evident that there is this kind of fear of movement in the postpartum population but it hadn't really been looked at too much with uh returning to running yet um well like there's not a lot on returning to running anyway but you know what I mean right. it, hadn't been, yeah. it hadn't been looked at in that specific context so it's quite interesting that we found that um and I guess it's just it's to do with like similarly to treating kind of childbirth as a kind of musculoskeletal injury that it doesn't often get looked at you know right. if, if 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 you said to somebody who got injured like oh we just want not going to rehabilitate you and you've just got to start running right. again they would be like what <laughs> is that not you know I'm supposed to go through some kind of rehab program yep. um so I guess the fear of movement is is like that injury site um I guess is kind of depends on your delivery mode but like could you know pelvic floor potentially like abdomen if you've had a cesarean um kind of that fear that you're going to kind of re-injure something right. or like, you know, get some pain and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, some of the quotes from people in the survey that we did were things like, you know, I'm worried about my scar tearing. I'm worried about, you know, my, my kind of perennial tears haven't healed. Um, and it's all that kind of thing where, you know, it's like that psychological component to then return into running. So that was yep. really interesting. And I think we'll probably uh, focus on that a little bit as we go through the PhD as well, because um, we're kind of at the moment looking into kind of what's stopping you and you know helping you return to running a little bit more so hopefully we can find something useful to try and help with that yeah. um and then yeah um age we found so younger people were more likely to return to their kind of pre-pregnancy level of running so um not not running altogether but just the the level that they were hitting before so mm -hmm. whether that's related to kind of as you get older your priorities might change or if it's a physical thing <laughs> we don't know um but you know i think i'm not sure if i'm correct in saying this but i think the age of having children is increasing um like the age where you have your first child is kind of yeah. increasing uh, on average so that's obviously something that means then it's more difficult for people to right. get uh, get back into their like pre-pregnancy level. Um, but also I think I've seen somewhere that potentially like that fear of movement can be higher in older people as well. So it could be that's interacting or something. Uh, but again, these things are just, they haven't been explored in enough detail right. to make really solid claims. Um, but yeah, and then number of children, I think, 
So we found that having more than one child actually increased your odds of returning to your pre-pregnancy level. I thought that was really <laughs> interesting. I was like, there's a sanity issue there. Like, we, we need yeah. to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So, so either, so either, because like you would, I don't know, like before I might have thought, oh, having more than one child, you have less time. You can't run as much. Doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Um but potentially that previous experience of doing it before yeah. as well. So they've gone, oh, well, I've done it before. This worked. This didn't work. So I know what to do now. And I feel right. confident that I can do it again, potentially. Um, but it's just very interesting because I just immediately thought more kids, less time, right. more childcare to have to do. Um, but no, yeah. And I found all of this incredibly interesting, again, through my lens, you know, having two kids, and I was an older mom, I was 34 with my first and 36 with my second, where we live here, we tend to be an older mom, kind of very driven population here. Mm -hmm. And I, I, some of the stuff I was just like, yep, mm -hmm. if you are <laughs> running high volume, and you're that intense person, and you're going to run all the way through, you're going, I, I, I'm interested to see later on some of the questions that get asked, because I think some of that plays into kind of advice we give on return to run. And I, I've spoken about when I have clients that go back to run earlier than they probably should, but there's a mm. question of, are they using that to manage postpartum depression or things like that? You have to be aware of what role does running play in their life? Yeah. Um, and so it, it just, I feel like this just opened up this whole can of worms of like, mm. what about this? And what about this? And I think, you know, I'm an older mom, but what about younger moms? Like I, I loved it in that it put it out there for us to start to now kind of play with and snack on and, and ask yeah. questions. So yeah, that was super cool. Yeah. And the thing is, I think, um, like we always talk about, like we want more information so that we can come up with some more guidance and advice right. and things, but ultimately the things that we give need to be kind of flexible enough to be individualized to different people because not everyone's going to be the same. It's like it's, right. if you go back to looking at like a musculoskeletal injury, not everyone takes the same amount of time to heal. You know, all of those kind of things like psychological factors, it's different for everyone. So although we might have guidelines, advice that we do desperately need because there is not a lot out there. Right. Um I guess it needs to be usable in a way that people can say, oh, I'm in this kind of rough bracket. Not that we want to kind of bracket people, but just, you know, so that they can kind of think, oh, or, or monitor it themselves with quite, like their own kind of checks and things. Because right. otherwise, if you just give like a blanket of um, advice, they might be like, well, well I, that's not working for me. Right. Um so it's just so difficult because there are so many factors, you know, <laughs> that's, that's going to be hard for But that's why I'm the clinician and you're the researcher, because that's my sweet spot. The, the gray, like I love that all day long, which is why I could never be a researcher. <laughs> like that, That's my I love that. But the, mm. the questions that come up for me, too, are like what, you know, where can we start to educate sooner? Mm. Um, I have a daughter. She's nine. You know, at what point, I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about anatomy and this is what your body does and things like that. But like, when I look back on the assumptions that I had going into pregnancy, even having, you know, a professional background and this is what I did, like, I have to go back and be like, where did some of those biases, where did some of those yeah. um, thoughts and fears, where did that start? And yeah. how can we take a step back and start to educate 
and get people to understand that it isn't black and white. It's gray. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful part. And that's where there's so, so much hope and options. And, and, you know, it depends, we can, we can make things work because if you don't fit into this one pathway, that's okay. That's yeah, okay. exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it is just, you know, like, like you say, like just getting that education out earlier, because I think yeah. if people know about it before, like yep. some people were like replying to the survey saying things like, you know, I didn't understand what impact this was going to have on me, like what right. childbirth was going to mean. Like, cause people just go, oh, you just, you know, when you talk, when you're younger and you, you know, have family or older siblings or whatever, and they have children, they just have children. Unless there's any like major complications, you're just like, cool, you've had your baby. Right. Good to go less normal life do you know um yeah but things like the difficult things that happen as a result of it probably aren't discussed because it's embarrassing oh, right. or, uh, you know so I think just talking about those it's like anything really I suppose isn't it like talking about it more yeah makes it more normalized which is it's right. fine to normalize it but you still need to understand that some of the things are a problem and need to be addressed so yeah. they could, could be common things but they're still not kind of they shouldn't be happening. Like, you know, urinary incontinence is very common, but it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be accepted. Right. Um, yeah, those, so. those stories where, and, and I think this is where you kind of get mixed messaging where you're like, well, you know, back in the day they gave birth in the fields and went on working. And so then you're left <laughs> thinking, okay, I don't work in a field, I should be fine. <laughs> but again, like I, 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 I'm in a generation, I, I think you're, you're a little bit younger, but um, where my mom's generation exercised for weight loss mm -hmm. um and our generation and the generations going forward that's not the sole reason they're doing mm -hmm. it for health reasons and for you know social reasons and we're far more active um mm -hmm. than our previous generations and so yes we were in the fields doing things but you know were we out doing marathons were we you know deadlifting 300 pounds i don't know like there's a lot of this stuff so i think how we are using our bodies and how that's become part of our social fabric um i think that's changed too and so yeah. you know we're, we're asking these different questions because we have different expectations for what we want to be able to do and and our life expectancy I, I i was talking to your gynecologist i was like well we're older and she's like actually no with covid our life expectancy has gone oh, down really? i'm like oh sorry yeah sorry yeah. for the reminder mm. yeah exactly yeah exactly <laughs> all right so you've been in postpartum research now for a little bit um, it's got to feel like a, a, a little bit of the desert from an infra information perspective coming from, you know, sports and, and you know, injury management and those sorts of things. Um, what are the biggest gaps? Like what's got you chomping at the bit to, I want to know more about this, or where do you see the biggest holes that potentially might impact us um, as clinicians and how we can help um, our moms at home? Mm -hmm. yeah so as you say I think it's difficult to pinpoint one thing because it's so much. like there's, there's <laughs> so little research that like anything at the moment is great mm -hmm. but um I say like so my uh, just to give you a bit of background so my kind of uh, steps of my PhD is to first kind of assess what mums think that they need um things that are stopping them from running and things like that uh then looking how we can kind of 
gradually come up with some kind of program, monitor that uh, kind of biomechanical loading and psychological kind of reaction and things like that to um, to how they're getting on with loading gradually. And then hopefully doing some kind of program to see like an intervention kind of program to see if it can help. Um, I'd say like intervention studies in this area are quite um they kind of haven't been done an awful lot yeah, like physical no, activity rare. yeah physical activity ones have been done a little bit and some kind of online ones have been done a little bit as well which is obviously great in like a post-covid situation and things where people haven't got access to being close together right. or whatever um but i think even like people who do interventions that are unsuccessful it needs to be published because often if stuff that isn't if you know if people do studies and they they don't show anything and they're not successful people just don't publish them right. which means that then people can't see what hasn't worked and it's like that's just as important as finding something that could work because if you know what hasn't worked you know not to try it again right. and then you can try and kind of focus in on what you could try instead um so i think definitely some kind of practical application kind of studies but then on the flip side, it would be really great to have more just descriptive data anyway that can inform those kind of interventions. Because at the moment, we've got such little data on kind of how the population moves. Like there's so many changes you go through physically, right. psychologically that could affect how you move physically, you know, through birth. Morphological dis differences to like your weight. Like, every, you know what I mean? So many different things. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like people... Um, we want to try and, I suppose, apply some of the return to sport kind of literature concepts, but in a population that we know barely anything about. And even when you look at like uh, return to sport and injury and kind of the um, musculoskeletal injury literature, there's a kind of bias up until recently on publishing male data as right. well. So, so like we haven't even got information on females before pregnancy. So yep. like, you know what I mean? You know, it's just, I feel like any, at the moment it's, it's a bit of a cop out answer, but anything is great. Right. No, I, <laughs> um, I, I, I love that though, because again, I, I, I think it's so important when I, when I'm working with a client in clinic, I'm like, I want to know, I want to lay everything out. And I think it's so important mm -hmm. to know and understand why people are starting the way that they're starting. Like, you mm -hmm. know, if, if people are starting back to running, when are they starting and why do they start with a couch to 5k or do they start with a one minute walk, one minute mm -hmm. run? How often does that work? What is, yeah. what are the variables that, that make that work? And what are the variables that don't like, there's a million questions. Yeah, um, definitely. You probably are just, it's like a smorgasbord of, you know, <laughs> just keep it coming at yeah, this point. Like give us information like right um i think a lot you know a lot could be done in terms of uh as i say trying to come up with some kind of advice um right. i don't know if you've seen the published guidelines from 2019 yes. from um tom yep. goom Ronnie donnelly and emma brockwell yep. um so like you know we've worked a little bit with uh, a couple of those guys on some of these projects and are still working kind of with them a little bit and right. i guess some of that is like you know backing up some because like you know they said that um what they've released is very much this is what we think of clinical opinion but we've right. got nothing to base it on because uh, in part from clinic you know which is obviously yeah. very valuable but it needs some evidence to uh back it up because there's just not enough work on it yet that we can say uh kind of super super confidently like this is with you know there's a reason behind doing this um and 
uh, I think that those guidelines are great. Like so many people, I think 97% of people who read them in our study said they were useful um, I, to helping them return. Um, yeah, that to me was, <laughs> no, I, I, I was, I remember reading those results and being so excited because mm -hmm. before that, we really didn't have much to go on. Yeah. And it's interesting, and I've, I've talked to Grenya about this, is, you know, at the time, you know, those of us that were in the clinic, we were just grasping at whatever we could. So yeah. pulling from, you know, Achilles tendinopathy or bone stress injury because there was impact involved or things like that. And so mm -hmm. they did such a great job of saying, oh, yeah. Let's just take everything and put it here it's and then great, you guys yeah. have at it. And so I, I'm so excited yeah. um, that that's become, I, I think disseminated is the right word that yeah. so many people, um, not only professionals, but moms have found that via social media or Google or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it gives us a place to start. It gives us yeah, a place exactly. to form a conversation that says we, we should have something in place. We should have some criteria. You shouldn't yeah. necessarily just go out and see what <laughs> happens. And there's so yeah. much value to just saying that. And I'm looking mm. so forward to, you know, whatever a revision looks like that, it, you know, mm. informed by a lot of the research that I think has been inspired by putting that out into the world. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, it was it's such, again, like wonderful timing to have yes. that pre-pandemic because, again, we've all been chewing on anything that we could get off the Internet for the last exactly. couple of years. Yeah, um, that's given you guys time to do those survey type studies that really did need yeah. to happen for us to understand more. So I, I do think mm. the timing has been, you know, as good at it as it could possibly be. But yeah. again, if it weren't for people like yourself that are like, hey, this is something where I feel like I can make an impact and it's interesting to me. And you have the the type of mindset and thinking that this, you know, this feeds you and serves you and then we get to benefit from it. Like again, I my brain does not work that way. <laughs> I will drink from the fire hose and read everything that you have, but I will not <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's just, it's very exciting, I think, as well, to think yeah. that we could make something that people can just yes. use. Um, and that's why I think as well that research into seeing how people would like to receive that, yep. what kind of format they want it in to improve that dissemination totally. to either mothers or people who can then pass it on to mother's health professionals. Um, because then, you know, they can use it. Whereas if they don't hear about it or they can't understand it because we've put it out in some awful format. Um, yes. <laughs> then it's not as worthwhile um but yeah so just kind of seeing what people want you know yeah and that's where I think again trying to figure out the, the age-old relationship between clinicians and you know researchers mm. is like we can provide you the cases we can inspire the questions mm. but if we can also be a megaphone to Definitely. getting your information out into the world mm. um and making it you know user-friendly or facilitating mm. that like I think that's where um, at least in this corner of the the world from a medical perspective, you yeah. can't find a more supportive group of people yeah. because a lot of us that are in it have had our own issues. So we, it's personal for us too. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like it's a real area where clinicians and researchers are really starting to work yeah. together and it's making yeah. a big difference. 
you know, bringing, you know, different perspectives and skill sets to yep. the same area. And it's just great. Yeah, totally, totally. So I've got your Twitter handle here. This is where you tend to reside the most. Um, <laughs> so if, if you are interested when you're hearing this um, about what Megan's up to as far as her research, um, you can go ahead and find her over on Twitter. Um, and then again, like you're, you've been kind of putting up as you have studies coming up and you're looking for you know, subjects, you've been posting that stuff up there. And and the beautiful thing is now a lot of the things you don't have to live, you know, yeah. in Wales to participate, yeah. <laughs> which great. I love. So uh, even if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not in the UK, totally fine. Megan mm -hmm. needs you. Yeah. <laughs> Megan needs you. Right. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan, for all that you do. And um, we're excited to see um, kind of where things go with your PhD and, and celebrate you when you're at the end of it. And, Thank um, and thanks for being on the podcast. No worries. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell a friend to do the same. Are you a postpartum mom or postpartum pro wanting to know more about getting back to running after baby? check out all my free goodies on carriepagliano.com. This podcast represents the opinions of Dr. Carrie Pagliano and her guests to the show. The content should not be taken as medical advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.